I am doing well, my friend. Um, I can't complain about life; it has its ups and downs. Um, but I'm here uh, with 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 my bud, making a podcast, and um, this is this is what some people call a semi-charmed kind of life. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Was uh, Third Eye Blind 2009? Uh, I I I don't I think feel so. like it's got to be a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. But. Yeah, so you tried. you tried with the musical reference, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was like 90s, right? Uh, it's turn of the century, I would yeah, say. Yeah, something like that. You that's know? all right. That's all right. It, yeah. No shame. Yeah, so I'm doing well. How, how about you? Uh, good. Uh, you know, enjoyed that Super Bowl uh, this past weekend. Always love a football. I know you're a big fan as well. The only sad part is now the uh, that football is over for the year, and we've got to sit around till. August, right? Till till those uh, preseason games come around. I, g- I guess it'll be here before we know it, though. Yeah, you know, it's some time to recharge. Uh, my Lions have the number two draft pick, so I am going to start diving into my prospect research. It's kind of always a fun thing I like to do that has no. a little payoff in my personal it's life. Always but. fun with the Lions, right? Because they always have like a top five pick. Pretty much always. <laughs> Pretty much always. So that's going on. But yeah, so so Craig, what was your Super Bowl setup? What did you do? Who were you with? Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to come across as sort of lame, uh, but I had my sort of Super Bowl gathering on Saturday with some uh, pals around here in the Phoenix area, people we work with and people we used to work with. So it wasn't necessarily Super Bowl themed, but we got together for lunch. Uh, then Sunday was just fairly quiet. Uh, watching the game myself, it, it's, I often find it better that way because then you don't have people interrupting with you with nonsense about how great the commercials are and how they're better than the actual game and uh, all that other jabber-jawing when I'm trying to watch football. Because when I've gotten together with people for football parties in the past, it's like I almost look like some sort of nerd because I'm paying attention to the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that feeling. And for me, I... I'm nervous about being the person who asserts his football knowledge too much because there is always that other person who is trying to assert their football knowledge. And so it's like, I know about the the stuff that we're watching on the screen, but I, you know, it's like, I don't want to seem like I care that much, you know? Yeah. It's a difficult balance. So I get that. I I totally get that. You want to watch it in solace. You you get started talking about cover two defenses and, and you realize you've gotten too far. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the turkey hole, and it's just, uh, you get those weird looks. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Craig, I mean, 
I have to ask you, and yeah. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, like, could you believe that play? The the play? Come on, Craig. The, we all saw that play, the play everybody's talking about. I mean, like, Twitter would not stop trending about that play. Uh, James? Craig, you know, we were both watching. We were talking about the, the play in the football game that completely turned the course of the game when no one was expecting it. <laughs> do, do you actually know what this play was? You're, you're not being very specific. You know, the, the double lateral pass play where he caught it and you thought he was going down, but he kept going and then he ran into the end zone. That play blew my mind, Craig. Yeah, James, I got to be perfectly honest here. I, I don't think you're going to fool anyone into thinking that we actually recorded this after the Super Bowl, this this discussion. Craig, I, I cannot believe that you are denying that we saw Matthew Stafford lateral the ball back to Odell Beckham Jr., who then handed it off to an offensive lineman who de- then <laughs> threw the ball deep to Matt Stafford for a touchdown. You're just going to pretend that we didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, that that was a heck of a play in your dreams. Uh, I could almost buy it, except for the offensive lineman handoff. People, don't let uh, don't let James fool you here. We we are recording this on the Thursday before the Super Bowl. So actually, when I said I, I was having lunch uh, or I had lunch uh, with some friends on Saturday, that's that's literally in the future. So I don't want you to think that that got uh, buffaloed in there as well. But uh, that is happening. It's just, uh, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. So we don't want our loyal casties to think that we're actively trying to trick them, James. Come on now. (sighs) I've shaken their confidence. Well, Craig, what can we count on in this world? We can count on you having your Saturday gatherings. What else in life are the constants besides death and taxes? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Do you have an answer to that? I, I expect you do since you're asking it. I was going to say maybe the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Ah, there you go. There you go. I love it. Uh, You got to be excited for this year because this is our 25th anniversary event. Can you believe that, James? Can you believe it? Craig, I I can't believe that. That is a long time to be doing a show. That's that's only two years younger than I am. I mean, that's that's wild. (laughs) Yes, and a lot of our listeners hate you right about now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the 25th anniversary, James, the first event was way back in 1997 when it was known as the Agent Conference and Expo. And man, have we expanded since then. That's fascinating. Were they, was it, what was it like Phone Plus? Was that just, was that what we used to be called, Craig? Yes, so Phone Plus was the media brand. It was the the event was never called Phone Plus. Mm-hmm. It started out as the Agent Conference and Expo, then eventually became the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. Not uh, not long after that, Phone Plus was the media brand, and then we wound up bringing the Channel Partners brands together. Oh gosh, I don't know how long ago this was. It's been ten years, probably mm-hmm. at least ten years. And then, of course, we could go down the road of Channel Futures and how that became the media brand, blah, blah, blah. But we could probably take up a whole hour uh, talking about that. So, uh, you know, we'll move on. It's a beautiful road we've traveled. Well, it is. It is. So we got anything to uh, celebrate this momentous milestone, Craig? 
Well, we certainly do. I'd like to start briefly uh, discussing some of the things that have been added to the agenda for the big event coming up April 11th through the 14th. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's good. I mean, taking a little bit of a peek at it and um, it's got me trembling in my boots with excitement. <laughs> yeah, so April 11th through the 14th, once again, like our show in November, we're kicking it off with the MSP Summit uh, portion of the event, uh, which starts on Monday, April 11th. And we've got our first keynote in place for that. We've lined up some of the fastest growing MSPs to tell our audience how they are doing. Clearly, they're doing quite well. Now, if you're an agent, maybe you say, ah, this isn't for me. And you probably don't sound like some old timer curmudgeon when you say it. Uh, but there will be a ton of value for any partner type here. And remember that any type of pass, and not just the all access or MSP Summit Conference pass, uh, will get you into these keynotes. Uh, if you have a CP Conference pass, even if you have just an Expo pass, you can get into these MSP Summit keynotes. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, what do you like, James? Well, Craig, I'm, I'm very excited for our 25th, that's a quarter of a century, anniversary celebration party. And, um, typically, we reserve that first night of the show for the first time attendee reception, but we're actually going to go all in for our anniversary party at Tau Nightclub inside the Venetian. And this one isn't just for first time attendees, it's come one, come all, any Channel Partners event pass gets you in. Oh. That sounds like so much fun. It's going to be great to uh, see so many people at that uh, first uh, full evening of the event. So that's going to be great. Okay, here's one that's sure to be one of the most popular items on the agenda just added this weekend. And notice how I'm actually hitting some of the hard-hitting content while James here just focuses on the parties and the good times. It's true. It's true. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a raging animal in that <laughs> category, obviously. What I'm talking about here is a keynote dubbed Let's Get Public about private equity mergers and acquisitions. See what they did there? They, they think they're so clever with the session titles, public and private. You like that? Yeah, I love the parallelism or the reverse parallelism. It's, it's very <laughs> ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, while this is obviously a super hot topic, uh, I say it's going to be popular because what do you know? I see on the agenda that I am moderating it and you, James, are actually on the panel alongside an expert in M&A from the financial industry, Tolera's CEO, Adam Edwards, Upstack founder, Chris Trapp. I'm not sure how I feel, though, about you being on the panel. I've sort of always felt the panelists are there because they're smarter than the moderator. Uh, I might have to change my opinion on that one. I have to tell you, Craig, uh, this is kind of the first time I've heard about this, and my jaw kind of is dropping. Um, <laughs> I... I was not asked about this, but this will be fun. This will be fun. I, I'm, man, this is going to be interesting. Our, our show organizers love throwing surprises, <laughs> not so much at the audience, but at us, at us. And and I'm excited for this one in all seriousness. It's going to be great. Uh, should be a great discussion, and you're going to be great, too. Thanks. I mean, we're going to have fun up there. And, and I would say this is kind of the panel or, like, the session that a lot of kind of flagship attendees have been asking for and looking for. And you kind of mentioned like some of the, if the agents are grousing of like, MSP, you know, like we aren't really ramping up the content for um, the traditional telco agent yeah. side of the channel. 
I think we've really doubled down this time around to make sure that this is a juicy course load for them. We got another one, <laughs> another one uh, on the keynote stage called The Secrets of Agents. <laughs> and um, that's an all agent panel. You heard us right. No vendors, no TSBs, just partners. And that's going to be moderated by uh, Eclipse's Dave Dyson, who we just had on the last edition of this podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Now, they are going to talk about all of the investment money coming into the channel and, and how customer needs are changing. So we're going to hit on those, those many agent roll-ups, entrance of private equity, um, the stuff that's going on in the TSB and vendor communities and all that from the partner perspective. And I am psyched that I just get to watch that one. I, I'm drooling here. I, I bet there will be some edgy, edgy things that are said also. Stay tuned. Looking forward to it. Oh, I bet. All right, so uh, that's all amazing stuff. Of course, just scratching the surface on what we have planned. Uh, the agenda on the website continues to fill up every day. So go to channelpartnersconference.com to check it out. Of course, we will provide a link to that on the landing page of this podcast. And, uh, you know, with this being the 25th anniversary, we got some some extra fanfare around that, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you asked, James. So it's going to be all over the event. You're going to see the signage. We're going to have uh, things at the event connected to our 25th anniversary. The videos that we air before the keynotes, you know, traditionally I'm doing something silly that uh, like five people in the audience laugh at, have a chuckle with. <laughs> Including uh, me. The rest, yeah, the rest just kind of look uh, dumbly at the screen thinking what an idiot that guy is. So we're going to do better <laughs> this year. <laughs> and... <laughs> We're going to have some uh, videos before the keynotes that highlight some of the folks who have been coming to this show for 25 years or at least close to it. We're also collecting uh, some historical imagery from events past. So honestly, if you've got some and you want to email those to me, uh, I'd encourage you to do that at craig.galgrith at informa.com. And we're going to be putting a lot of that stuff up on the website leading up to the show in the form of image galleries and and other pieces of content that uh, people are going to get a chance to look at. So uh, I'm going to get them psyched up for the event uh, ahead of April 11th. So it's going to be some good stuff. And before we end this little conversation, James, I just wanted to bring up when we mentioned the agent conference and expo, I'm trying to figure this out. And someone I'm sure knows why, but it was spelled capital A G then capital E capital N T. And it seems like one of those gimmicky marketing things. And I haven't been able to put that together, why it was spelled like that. Uh, you know, some companies you'll see spell their names in all caps or all small letters. But this was this was just an odd capitalization of agent and seemed kind of random. You have any idea? It, it's it almost reads like it's sarcastic. Like you'll see people capitalizing and undercapitalizing random parts of a word. And it makes me think it's like, oh, I'm going to the agent event, you know, like, uh, yeah. I'll show you that meme later. But uh, it almost looks like ag and like it's agricultural entertainment, <laughs> like ag ant. Yep. Ag ENT. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's why that name didn't stick around for very long. It could have been a marketing <laughs> a marketing fail from 1997. But uh, fortunately, that did not put a stamp on the event in perpetuity. Uh, we've obviously rebounded well from the poor capitalization, and uh, it's it's full steam ahead for the Channel Partners Conference and Expo and co-located MSP Summit. Oh, yeah. So kind of talking about 
people who have a, a rich history in the channel. Why don't we move on to our next interview, which has kind of a, a stalwart vendor um, mm-hmm. that a lot of uh, agent partners have grown very familiar with. How's that sound, Craig? Absolutely. We're talking about uh, Spectrum Enterprise. Michelle Kadlicek is the channel chief over there. She's been in the uh, channel for many years. Uh, I was told we could find some old pictures of her and some of the uh, event photos that we have collected uh, going back a few years. So that's cool. So we're going to be talking to her about a lot of different things uh, that are happening at Spectrum Enterprise. So uh, you ready to get into this, James? Let's check it out. All right, everyone. We are very grateful to be joined today by Michelle Kadlicek, the vice president of the Spectrum Enterprise Partner Program. Michelle, welcome to the show today. Great. Thank you, James and Craig, for having me. Absolutely. Good to have you. So, Michelle, get right into it. I, I'm interested in, in obviously talking about uh, the Spectrum Partner Program today and and uh, maybe look back uh, briefly at the past year, 2021. Can you talk about some of the success stories from Spectrum uh, in the past year? Yeah, you know, Craig, I, I really have one kind of in particular that's a really great and relevant story to our times where a client partnered with Spectrum Enterprise to add a layer of protection against an increase in malicious network attacks. Um, you know, during the worst days of the pandemic, a lot of the schools in the U.S had to kind of suddenly pivot and deliver education remotely. And um, even for those schools that were most, you know, best positioned to respond in these type of crises, there were uh, really just unanticipated problems that came from that. As the pandemic really started easing up in 2021, it's continuing to do that now, hopefully, we had a a K through 12 academy that decided to return to their in-person instruction. And after, you know, after spending months and months in a virtual learning environment, they're now back into the classroom. Well, that's when they had a, uh, a DDoS attack. And crazy enough, the problem was that one of the students had learned how to use the Internet in ways that the school didn't predict or anticipate and figured out a way to just completely shut down their instruction completely, uh, which caused the school to lose many hours of instructional learning uh, during this attack. So one of our partners worked with Spectrum Enterprise, came in, we installed a fiber internet access circuit, we deployed our managed network edge and DDoS protection. And now when the DDoS attack is happening, that traffic is now routed to a Spectrum Enterprise cloud-based scrubbing center where the malicious traffic is mitigated and the legitimate traffic then returns to its um, original route and destination. So, you know, what's great is is in this example, the school has uh, really not experienced any other network downtime since the installation and their IT resources have been able to spend time doing what they do best, right? And that's looking at ongoing improvements in education and their educational relevant technology. So um, just an example of one of our success stories during the pandemic in 2021. I'm telling you, Michelle, these kids are pretty smart these days, aren't they? I know. They're in trouble. They're very savvy. <laughs> well, uh, Michelle, I'd, I'd love to look forward to 2022 here. Well, actually, we're honestly, we're here. We're a month. We're more than a month into it or two months into it. What are some of the key priorities um, that you're focusing on with your partners uh, this year? As a, a primary solutions provider with a national reach, Spectrum Enterprise continues to make it easier for our businesses to evolve their networks 
and really just address a wide range of business and technology challenges. So our goals for the Spectrum Partner Program, you know, are quite simple. We want to continue our automation efforts. We want to further elevate the partner experience and mutually grow our business together. We're doing that by focusing on additional recruiting efforts where we have developed new campaigns and technology tools to help us with those recruiting efforts where we previously had to do that in a very manual environment and a manual solution. As we continue to move into 2022, our priority is going to continue to position our FIA product but also to sell more strategic products, which includes the Managed Network Edge and the DDoS that we just spoke about. And we're going to continue to enhance our tools, PartnerLink, Salesforce Communities. We're going to launch new APIs, and we're going to build uh, upon the momentum that we have with Cable Finder and other serviceability tools. We've also started increasing our efforts to assist our selling partners with their marketing efforts. So whether the partner has a full marketing strategy or they need help with a particular type of marketing support, we can work together on those joint marketing tactics. And then finally, you know, partners also have access to a lot of our pre-approved materials and our campaign engine that will help them execute at a self-service or an assisted co-marketing campaign that create demand and ultimately drive more sales opportunities. And the best part about it is that it's at absolutely no cost whatsoever for our partners. So just a few key priorities that we're focusing on for this year. Yeah, great to hear you talking uh, so much about uh, security there, Michelle. Obviously, uh, not something maybe we think of cable companies, uh, the first thing we think about them, but uh, knowing the network uh, that you have, that's uh, so important, so uh, so good to hear. Uh, let's talk about the, the pandemic. It obviously presented a challenge for every cable company out there, their business units, uh, with people moving away so much from the branch office. You might say now we're in something of a state of flux with uh, Omicron, the rise of hybrid work. Uh, what's Spectrum done to stay relevant uh, with its tech stack? I think we're we're very fortunate at Spectrum is that you know we can provide the networking solutions that serve not just the headquarters but also the branch offices, the home offices, and those teleworkers. Partners really can rely on us. I think more now than ever to provide reliable nationwide internet access to their clients, whether that's over fiber, coax, wireless primary, or wireless backup. You know, we can serve those clients that are directly in our footprint as well as those outside of our traditional footprint as well. But that's just one part of how we're helping partners help their clients. Uh, hybrid work requirements can be served with solutions like Teleworker, and as I mentioned, our Managed Network Edge offering as well. And our m and &E product offering is a, a prime example of serving hybrid work environments with one single provider for access, security, and networking. That's fantastic. Now, Michelle, I'd like to go back to um, what you'd mentioned about uh, what you're doing with your selling partners. Um, and you mentioned that you uh, are doing more to support them with their marketing. And I, I know last year they joined their distribution partners as participants in the Spectrum Partner Portal. So could you talk a little bit about um, the just general changes that are going on with those sales partners? Are, are you seeing more activity among them? Um, how's the relationship evolving? And, and maybe touch a little bit on that marketing aspect a little bit more. 
Absolutely, James. We've had uh, some very positive momentum by adding our selling partners into our Spectrum Partner Portal, which is new for us. We're going to continue to add even more in 2022. And with this new platform, those partners now can enjoy the ability to order and manage their order activity directly instead of pivoting to their technology distributor for orders that really don't require much intervention or for selling partners that are used to having or using a Salesforce platform, this provides a, an even more efficient path for them to quote, uh, for them to order and install, which leads to a better partner and client experience. You know, we're working very, very closely with our technology distributors and their selling partners to ensure that this transition goes smooth, and we anticipate adding even more users this year. That's great, Michelle. Um, I'm curious, uh, since we've got you here, how about some uh, personal accomplishments for you within the Spectrum Partner Program recently? Yeah, you know, um, we continue, as I've mentioned, Craig, we really look at uh, continuing to elevate the partner experience. You've heard me say that before. And we do that by helping partners sell Spectrum solutions and services more effectively to support the demand for Internet, voice, networking, and cloud solutions to uh, small, medium, and enterprise-level businesses. Our program allows for partners to sell our services to customers in a streamlined and trackable way. And, you know, I'm proud to say that we have over 100 employees that are dedicated to our program that are committed to the success and the support of our sales partners. So with that being said, I, um, you know, over the past year, we have accomplished a lot. Some of the things that we've accomplished, we've continued to drive year-over-year -year sales growth, which includes our managed services solutions, which you've heard me speak about. We added more support members to our team by hiring a managed services specialist that's dedicated to the channel to lead our managed services efforts, as well as we added more client service managers to help support those large enterprise clients that are being sold by our partners. We pivoted to an online virtual training series that focused on driving complex solutions through the partner community. And as you know, we launched our Salesforce communities to provide that greater visibility and flexibility into the fiber ordering process for partners. Uh, phase two of Salesforce communities is coming soon with even more enhancements and features for our partners. And we also launched uh, our new partner portal, PartnerLink, that provides a partner relationship management platform. And in addition, we launched uh, partner sales incentives that drove managed services products through our partners. So as you can see, we had a, a number of system integration projects that were focused on process and operational efficiencies. And I implemented training and product refresher requirements for my own team to ensure um, advanced product knowledge and to assist their partners in selling those complex solution selling. And then finally, we launched aggressive client promotions to help businesses through the pandemic and position Spectrum Enterprise FIA to uh, support their national opportunities for those large bulk deals that really allow customers to have a single provider with alternative pricing. Appreciate that window into uh, and what the company is is doing, Michelle. Personally, I'd, I'd love to know, are there, is there anything that we don't know about you that you'd want to share about yourself, Michelle? <laughs> 
a lot of people know that aside from wanting to own a winery in Napa, which is my number one thing, I love to travel. I, I love to explore new places and get out and see new things. So with that pandemic, it really put a, a little bit of a halt on that. But I'm happy to say I finally got out of the country into St. Bart's with a group of friends. Uh, the end of last year, and I've got a couple of other places in mind for 2022. So I've got Spain and Portugal on my list, as well as a trip to London and Christmas. What I love to do also, aside from travel, is I, I'm an avid runner, so I, I love to work out and I love to run. I think the holidays, I kind of took a little bit of a step back and I wasn't running as much as I I'm used to. So I've stepped up my game. I've registered for a, a half marathon at the end of this year in Savannah. So um, Jane, Craig, come on. Oh. You're not doing anything the first weekend in November. Come join me. Oh, I made it around the block last <laughs> week, but uh, I've got a ways to go. Savannah might be too far for me. If it was Atlanta, you know, if it wasn't uh, any further than that, maybe I could make it, but uh, I'm not oh, sure. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Michelle. You, uh, you and Spectrum uh, have uh, certainly gotten a lot more done in this past year than James and I have uh, combined. Uh, I can definitely say that, James. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. Great talking with you, getting caught up on the Spectrum uh, Partner Program, and excited as always to see you coming up at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in April. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. Thanks so much, Michelle. Well, Craig, that was enjoyable, and it, it does seem like Spectrum has been making a lot of tangible changes to the way it engages with partners, so that's cool. Yeah, I thought the uh, discussion of security, I mentioned it on the uh, interview, uh, particularly interesting. Of course, they've got a big responsibility on the security front uh, with the network that they have, but uh, you know, you don't think of security necessarily as the number one thing uh, to talk about when you're talking about uh, these MSOs, and uh, it was front and center. It's so interesting. That's the trend. We're seeing these these companies really work to expand what they typically offer, and um, it seems like there there might be some traction there. So, very interesting. Craig. Yes, James. Are you an avid reader of the news? Like, what kind of news are we talking about? What about like the B two B technology indirect sales channel news? <laughs> Well, I, I like to think that I am, considering I uh, edit everything that goes on our website, which is probably setting me up for, for a disaster here. Oh, I think you're going to crush it, Craig. But I feel like, you know, we're we're in the news of business. I feel like it's good to give our listeners just a little snapshot of some of the stories we've been working on and do that in maybe, I don't know, a little bit of a trivia format. I love that. We'll just see how you do. We'll just see okay. how you do. I'm going to I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, I might make it uh, fill in the blank, might make it multiple choice, depending on the the, the level of difficulty. And uh, I'll get some explanation afterward. You want to okay. do this? Educational uh, for our casties and uh, hopefully not educational for me. Hopefully I know. Them. <laughs> you got this, my friend. All right. Okay. So recently. This San Francisco-based rising star in the marketplaces market, I guess, expanded deeper into Canada with the acquisition of a cloud distributor. Who is this company that was making oh, acquisition? I, well, this is great because, as we mentioned since we uh recording this on Thursday, that this actually hit the site this morning. And I will say that 
you went ahead and I didn't edit this. I didn't look at it until this morning. I didn't edit it. And I think you're trying to trick me because you posted this, got this ready to go last night. And you're thinking that it might have slipped past me. But my friend, it did not. And I believe the answer to this is AppDirect. It is indeed. Yeah, so AppDirect that uh, many folks in, in the agent channel might know for its marketplace, AppSmart bought the Canadian or uh, Quebec-based distributor itcloud.ca partly to bolster its footprint internationally, but also to get some juicy Microsoft partner capabilities. ITCloud is a uh, partner for multiple different uh, Microsoft capabilities, including Azure and uh, Business 365. So very interesting movement there. Nice, Great, nice. What uh, what part of what part of Quebec is uh, the company located in? Oh, are you about to? You, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're about to stump me, aren't you, Craig? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just joking with you. I'm just turning <laughs> it on you, so we can deflect if I don't know the answer to one of these. That's fair. That's fair. I deserve it. I deserve it. All right, Craig. Moving on to a story I did not write. There's your first hint. This large vendor, according to the rumors is in the uh, pursuit of an acquisition. We're still on the acquisition track here of the newly rebranded cybersecurity company Mandiant. So this vendor, whose name we do not know, or you do not know yet, <laughs> is looking to purchase Mandiant, the cybersecurity company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would this company by chance have its headquarters in Redmond, Washington? Oh, there's a good chance of that. I mean, there's also obviously multiple companies that are headquartered there, but you know. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm not going to go with Costco, which is technically in uh, Kirkland, Washington, but its neighbor in Redmond happens to be a little software company we know as Microsoft. Well done. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I am two for two. We should quit. Well, maybe we should. Let's let's do two more and then let's hop out of here. Okay. So, hey, if, mo- if I miss these two, I'm 50%. I'd take that any day. That's are, like beyond Hall of Famer in baseball. That's like greatest player ever. You are crushing it. You are getting on base. You are driving in runs. Uh, you're doing well. Um, definitely keeping your editor job. So <laughs> moving into maybe more of the communications, not quite necessarily UCAS space, but sort of UCAS and remote work space. This company recently rebranded to the name GoTo. We're looking for the former name of this company. Um, it also introduced a new partner program at the same time. Hmm. I think I got this one too. Trying to think of something clever to say about it, but uh, I think we'll leave the cleverness on the table for now. The answer is log me in. Well done. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you. Another active supporter of our event. So uh, glad you glad you got them in there, James. You bet. And you can check out that story that Claudia Adrian wrote uh, about a week and a half now, actually, on February 2nd. You ready for this nice. last story? Okay. So NVIDIA. You know, you heard of NVIDIA, the, the graphics chip manufacturer. Well, they were in talks to have the largest chip deal in history 
where NVIDIA was going to buy a processor designer from a company called SoftBank Group. This is a big number, Craig. I'm going to give you multiple choices for how much that deal was going to cost. And no shame if you miss it, but here's what you got. This is a harder one. This is it's a uh, tough one. Bring a dollar value. Yes, I remember the story, but give me give me multiple choice. Yeah, we're talking uh, twelve billion dollars, twenty three billion dollars, forty one billion dollars, and sixty six billion dollars. Ooh, yeah. I was I thought I remembered from that story that ended in a five, but clearly that's wrong. So 12, 23, 41, and 66 billions. That's a lot of money. Billions. Those are the choices, right? Yep. yep. So if I remember from, I don't know if you're following this uh, process, but if I remember from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, remember that show? Uh, it might even still be on syndication somewhere, I don't know. It was always in these multiple choice when you had numbers, it was always one of the middle two. So I'm going to pick one. I'm going to narrow it down. I'm, I'm not going to phone a friend, but I'm going to do the 50-50. And I'm going to eliminate the top and the bottom end. And I'm going to go with $23 billion. Unfortunately, Craig, I fooled you. Uh, oh. that, one's, that one's kind of on me. It is $66 billion. Isn't that a huge number? Oh, that's a huge number. And you didn't follow the uh, traditional who wants to be a millionaire process. I I. I I, I I don't know what to say about that. I, I don't feel I don't feel that was right. <laughs> you know, I thought about it. I thought about it. And I know that you are well versed in trivia tactics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You and got me. I you had to outsmart you. Nice. Nice work. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad you, you stumped me on one of them. Uh, that was a good one. But I'm also glad that I got the rest so that uh, I wouldn't look like, uh, I don't know, an idiot who uh, edits a website and didn't know the answer. So I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Because, like, you don't want it to feel like this is all just such common knowledge stuff that anyone would just know this information off the top. Right. 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 Yes. And, you know, I certainly don't want to boast about my channel knowledge. I I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Not something you want to do to the Super Bowl party, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Especially there. Well, Craig, um, I think that's it for us. Uh, got any uh, pluggables you want to talk about uh, before we go? Uh, yeah, why don't we plug the next episode of the podcast? What do you think? Let's do it. So uh, I, from what I recall, we have got a very beloved awards program that we're going to be talking about. Next yeah, time. yeah. We're going to dig deep into the MSP 501 awards. Uh, the application period just opened earlier this month. We're going to have on the podcast some from our team who are especially close to that effort. And I think there will be a lot coming out of that that uh, a lot of folks in our audience, our loyal Cassies, will want to know. Also, James, we've got our annual Channel Influencers Digital Issue and Gallery coming out. And by the time that next podcast airs, uh, that will have gone live and uh, we'll know. Well, you and I know, but everyone by then will know who our channel influencer of the year is. And in fact, this year we've named 50 to the list. Uh, They're still the top influencer level, of course, but uh, we've got 50 folks on the list uh, instead of 10 this year. So a lot of big names that you're going to know. Really excited about that. And we'll be able to sort of unveil that for the first time 
on the podcast shortly after uh, it's been unveiled on the website. It's going to be an exciting time. Pretty excited to see everyone's reactions to some of their peers getting recognized. Yeah, personally, Craig, I'm really excited to read, well, for me to, to actually write um, this story on a, a channel, Influencer of the Year. And a very fascinating individual, someone who's generated so much buzz in the last year and a half. And um, I can't wait to uh, to put that out into the world. It's gonna be great. Looking forward to reading your article as well. All right, that's gonna do it for us. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, uh, you can check it out just about anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, we'd love it if you'd investigate our podcast on our flagship news site channelfutures.com thanks for joining us everybody we'll catch you again with another big episode number 110 next time be well everybody